back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Sam from the Justice League Universe podcast. And you can still find me begrudgingly on Twitter X at Ott and Sam. Uh, and that's about <laughs> it at this, at this point. <laughs> Well, welcome back, and um, I see you're still you're still there on Twitter. Yeah, um, sometimes we I open it up nowadays, and uh, and then I and then I close it. I, I open it up. I go, why am I here? And I and I end up closing it. Um, I was telling Nathan, uh, I think it was last night. I was like, oh, can you just keep an eye on on <laughs> Twitter because I don't have it on my phone anymore. I don't, uh, you know, I just don't keep keep up to date with it anymore i just don't like it's not it's not a place that makes me feel good going to it any longer like it used to um but yes uh we're not talking about twitter today we're talking about Zack snyder's justice league we're talking about minute 188 which is part six something darker nope. what did, 181 what did i say 88 100 oh my gosh sorry 181 181 <laughs> 181 part six something darker minute's gonna start with lois and clark uh having uh, having a, a true love's kiss if you will yeah, uh, big old smoocheroonie <laughs> and then the minute is going to end with martha holding her son again it's a nice heartwarming minute we have here where martha kent is reunited with her son very nice very nice minute. and it feels so good were you gonna keep on going with that no no I thought no yeah, you okay. can do it for well, me was, well now we gotta pay someone so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> now now it's a dmca clause uh yeah. yeah but yeah um yeah this 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 minute is you know thinking about this movie all the minutes that are in this four hour movie it is mm-hmm. so nice to have this moment here that which it's like what we wanted to see in a sequel to Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice was seeing. Uh, it, it's kind of like closure, you know, to to have everything in in the story of Dawn of Justice the way it ended, and then knowing that um, Clark Kent would be brought back to life. And it's like these are the moments we want to see that um, all the depression that Lois Lane has at the end of the second movie, and then all that she's gone through in the beginning of this movie the first five parts and even Martha Kent, who's sold this house, um, you know, moved out and, you know, everything she's gone through as well, especially defending Clark Kent in the second movie. we now have this moment here where both of those characters can be with Clark Kent, as, you know, as Clark Kent, not like just Superman is back and doing Superman things. It's like, let's take a moment in Smallville to really just, uh, welcome back this character in a way that's more emotional rather than, um, you know, let's hurry up and resurrect Superman so that he can fight the big bad alien. You know, like it's yeah. very important that we spend time with this character. But Sam, I'm very curious now that you're back into the DC podcast. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about this minute here? Yeah, definitely some of the very similar feelings that you're alluding to, Mark. Like after loving Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and part of the main reason I love those movies was the relationship between Clark and Lois. And I liked how smart Lois was. And I liked how they handled that in man of steel, that they were sort of on equal footing and that she figured him out that they kind of each served a role in saving the world. And then in Batman v Superman, it sort of went even further. 
And it was definitely one of the biggest problems I had with the theatrical version was it just never felt right. It always just felt a little bit off. It was like the face, it was the writing, it was the dialogue between them. It was the smell thing. It was like, just, I could not, I, I tried to be generous with the theatrical cut until I learned more about some of the shenanigans and all that stuff. But even when I was trying to be generous and I try to be positive, I did not ever feel good about the Clark, Lois and Clark resolution kind of part. It just, it, it was this letdown. It didn't have the right music. It was just wrong. And now here it's like, boom, like this was what was supposed to happen. This was how the story was supposed to continue. It was supposed to like hit you in the, in the feels, you know, in the heart when they're, when they're back yeah. together. And so like, to me now it's working. The color is beautiful. The greenery that, you know, their embrace, it's now all just clicking. And it, it allows me to just sink in to that appreciation of the whole trilogy because it does feel like it feels like the right characters and the right things happening. Yeah, absolutely. Nathan, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, this is a great minute. Um, Sam, I think you're the, honestly one of the uh, one of my favorite people to actually have discussions with when it comes to like <laughs> when it comes to things that are like uh, like a, a correct and an incorrect feeling of what is supposed to be being told storytelling wise, you know, um, and you're so articulate and you and you know what you're talking about every single time. Um, so it's like everything that Samuel just said about it hitting in the feels and it feeling correct as opposed to the theatrical version. It, I mean, that's, that can't be, that needs to be said more. Uh, that needs to be like a larger defense for this film, I think. Um, Cause we talk about so much or not we, but people, fans and media talk about so much about, you know, the resurrection of Superman, if he's going to come back and actually be Superman again and be quintessential, or if it's like, oh yeah, he's, it's, you know, something darker came back and it's always, the needles kind of always fall into that something darker. Like, you know, Mark and I talk about it so much in so many previous episodes about the whole dark Superman coming back. It's like, okay, when is that going to stop? Um, <laughs> and I understand that it doesn't necessarily need to stop or rather, uh, people need to get over it more so of it needs to be like that level of <clears throat> badassery from the character of Superman. It's like up on a scale, right? It's, it's way up towards the top from the fans point of view. Um, but this right here with Superman, Clark Kent coming back to life and actually having this very loving and welcoming embrace needs to be on the same level as the badassery dark side mm -hmm. of it all. Yeah. Like you need to have them like match because otherwise you're you're never gonna want the happiness you're always gonna think of okay when superman dies and comes back to life he's gonna be evil it's like well what who told you that what do you mean did you ever talk about that you, you know about the character mm -hmm. um so this moment right here is so i i think it is so important um to me uh mainly because of the embrace that Martha has with her son. Yeah. That hits on so many levels for me personally. Um, the Lois Lane and, and Clark Kent love story, that is, you know, we, I'm not going to. We talked about I'm it not so gonna much downplay last it. week. Like, or, yeah, the, the it, last yeah. two weeks, we, we, you know, with the last few guests that we had, 
you know, we've had moments to talk about Lois and Clark, but had this is Martha and Clark you know? minute for for And us it's personally. not like <laughs> it's it's not a Martha Kent who is, you know, post her husband having a heart attack and like it I don't know, like Martha Kent is always most more often than not just like old woman. And it's like, what do you okay, so you're like just going to be like old advice woman for when Superman needs like a con- confidant or whatever. That's not what the character should be. You should be his mom, you know? Do the whole... Uh, it's just a good feeling. I really enjoy this minute. Um, yeah, I, you know, and and I want to agree with you, something you said earlier. Um, for, for those who, like, think Superman, who believe Superman is, like, their favorite superhero, you know, you see a lot of people on, on the internet who are like, oh, I have very high opinions of what Superman should and should not do in, in cinema, and I really like superman and i still wait you know waiting for like a a great superman movie or you know anything this moment right here you know there are people uh who will feel like oh my favorite superman moment is him fighting uh namek in in like the train or in in smallville or like i love his fight with general zod or i like you know i i like moments in batman v superman that are superman moments but this is like in my opinion one of the this should be, uh, for Superman fans, like one of your favorite scenes. Like, allow this to be one of your favorite scenes of Superman yeah. in cinema because this is very important. Like, rarely do we see uh, Superman come back from the death of Superman. So very, you know, this is our first time in live action DC movies where Superman, well, no, it's not. It's the second time Superman returns. Um, and, and you know, this is, you know to see... Superman come back from the dead here and the way that this um, movie directs it. I, I really want to talk about the way this minute looks. And so we're here again in Smallville, this Kent house that we've seen in Man of Steel. We've seen the same exact shot from the perspective of the house looking at the street and the cornfield as this 1969 Dodge truck drives up. Dodge. <laughs> Uh, is this is where Martha Kent Gosh. says, "Well, well, look at you!" As he comes off the LexCorp uh, semi truck, and he's come home, and he's like, "Oh, I found my heritage. I've discovered who I am." Basically, there's a very uh, paralleled shot here at the beginning where it shows where Clark Kent would be walking up from. But you know, just thinking about this as a comic book movie, you know, adapted from comic books, Fabian Wagner does a really good job not only mimicking uh, Larry Fong and uh, Amir Mockery, who did the cinematography for Man of Steel, but he really does a good job here capturing the feel of what a comic book looks like. And you have what looks like a comic book, Kent Farm Home, with Clark Kent and Lois Lane and Martha Kent coming in and, and having this moment and this beautiful sunset and this corn cornfield that you got here. Um, it does a really good job capturing what it feels like to read comic book panels and see the beauty of what Smallville is. And so they do a really good job here capturing the feel. Like every every camera shot of this farm does a great job of just painting this beautiful picture of what it's like to come back home and see that your son lives again. It's a very beautiful moment the way that they capture it. I'm a really big fan of the shot of the dodge truck driving into frame and then the camera decides to rotate towards 
the sunset. And so it keeps that sunrise. Sun sun sunrise. Yes, you're right. The sun is rising at this point. Um <laughs> figuratively and literally. And so yes, the truck will enter in and then the camera will start to rotate. And so it just just a beautiful comic book job uh for this film, absolutely. Yeah, and the colors come through, I think, with that composition, because you do have the sunlight, you know, very beautiful, but you have the green, like this earthy kind of color under it. Yeah. And then I like the choice of the wardrobe, like the clothing that they wear, I think is also kind of earthy and fits right into it. Um, and it's it's Clark coming home, which is is a great grounding for him, like as, as he's resurrected. But it's also, you can think of it just as any person who's trying to reground themselves. A lot of times there's advice or there's connection by like going to nature, like get yourself back into nature and that will sort of rejuvenate your spirit mm. or something like that. And so he's literally yeah. in amongst the corn and it's not just a sunrise. It's also corn that is like fairly youthful corn. Like it still has several minute, more months of growing to do. And so it's also like, hey, it's it's got this uplifting sense Um coming from the earth and the sunlight and all of this, you know, and the emotions. So I feel like it just works. That's how the emotions happen. You know, they, it doesn't just happen by accident. It's like, no, we get those emotions because of all these subtle, implicit things all weaving together. Uh, and I also just like that idea of he's grounding himself back at home, but he's also grounding himself back on earth, like with nature and with the people that he loves. And that's now going to set him up where he can now go and do the hard thing that he has to do next. Yes. Yeah. And then that's a, that's a thing I like, about this movie as well you know specifically this version is that when we get to that point that it will be like telling lois and clark there's something i have to do i'm sorry i have to go but you know um I, as much as i would love to stay here and, and continue being clark kent i like that that's written like that like he wants to be here but i have this uh moral obligation to do justice right um one of the things I really like here is, of course, Nathan, you, you said it earlier, Martha Kent, she gets out of the truck and there's this yeah. defensive stance. There's, oh, no, yeah. there's no way. There's mm-hmm. no way he's alive yeah. again. It is so real. Yeah, I love the, fir- the first look really on her face when she gets out of the truck. It's that moment. There's no dialogue. It's just in the acting. But yeah, I love that, that she's first like, I, I can't quite believe this yet. I have my guard up. And then, but then as she gets there, she kind of releases like, no, this is my son. Who do, who called her? Do you think Lois, it had to have been, right? It had to have been Lois after yeah. Clark like put the shirt on and like walked outside, like downstairs. She had to have been like, hang on, give me a minute. And like called his mom and be like, get over here now. No, it was <laughs> a security uh, trip wire that they have in houses when you walk Don't into- Don't joke about the, I know- <laughs> Or I thought it was... I I know, first hand about those things. It could have been Martian Manhunter with his psychic connection. I I will say, one... So, I have three things that I don't like about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I know you guys... I listened to your episodes. You talked about Mm -hmm. it with the Martian Manhunter as that it undercut the previous scene with Lois and Martha. I agree. Like, I would actually just cut out the hallway and just actually have Martha and Lois's scene and then have it be that that was really them. So this is one thing that I disagree with like Zack Snyder's Justice League on. But also it, it like reminds me here where it's like, I think it would, this scene I think would be better when Martha comes in that it was like Lois and Martha who had the conversation earlier instead of, oh no, mm-hmm. it was a different alien. So uh, real quick, the other two things I don't like about it are, they're not in my minutes, but uh, I don't like... Um, the flashes when he zoops around and then pings the sword. He tips the sword back to Wonder Woman. Yeah. 
Yeah. That that scene looks awesome. Yeah. I love the music. I love the effects and stuff. But it's just stupid because she gains nothing by getting the sword. <laughs> like he tips the sword to her, she grabs it and lands and then does nothing. And so, oh, so yeah. <laughs> what would have happened without Flash is the Diana and the sword would have fell down. She would have picked it up off the ground, and then she would have continued to do exactly what she does anyway. So I never thought of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never I mean, thought about it. It looks so anything. cool. I think everybody's just so impressed how good it looks that they don't realize yeah, she we didn't just talk lands. About, like it doesn't do. Like it's impractical, though. Yeah. Like what do you you break your ankle for what? Yeah, Barry. Like <laughs> believe it or not, the Nothing. theatrical version actually like improved it because they have they have flash ping it to her she grabs it in the air and she slashes a parademon in the air before she lands so there actually was like a purpose served by the flash like giving the assist but so that's one super minor though no big deal it's just like this thing that like i noticed like (laughs) it's yeah but (laughs) it's important and then we call attention to these things my other one and then other than that the movie's great My, my other one is uh when they're resurrecting superman and the photo Again, I love the photo of Pa Kent, but it like falls off into the gooey water. And then for several minutes, it just like stays vertical and like floats down the water. And like Cyborg has a whole thing. And it's like, there's no way that photo would have stayed vertical in the water. So all three pretty minor. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but all, all backed by f- physical <laughs> evidence that we could prove. I mean, yeah. what, what are we doing? But here? then out of a four hour movie though, that's less than one per hour of like any qualms that I have with this movie. Like, so overall it's pretty great. That's, that's decent. That's, that's decent. Yeah. I think, um, I think if there was some sort of poll and you were to ask people to rank scenes from like least favorite, I, th- I'm pretty sure number one would probably have to be the, the Martha Manhunter scene where it just like, it just doesn't, do itself any justice no pun intended but it's just like you yeah you did such a great job and then like you you had to put that scene in there just totally cut it down yeah um yeah and i think some people are just not fans of like the um nightmare scene that they shot for the end it just yeah for some people it just doesn't work. i think that was i think that was good but anyway sorry <laughs> I'm, i got us away from the minute here it's a beautiful minute there's, no there's no, you're good. smooching it's a good kiss it's a very good it's kiss. very artfully shot you know sometimes kisses can make me uncomfortable just because of the angle they're shot and stuff but this one i yeah. thought was a nice over the shoulder two shot like appropriately framed yeah no they, they have <laughs> they have good good very good chemistry uh amy adams and yeah look if you're getting the opportunity to give henry cavill a big old lip smack you're gonna like put your all into that <laughs> aren't you oh yeah yeah you have to. i would you have to They've always been very good with the, uh, the all three of them in, in, in the trilogy so far have been very good with their, um, you know, body language performances. And um, really, it's not just the kiss, but it's also the um, what the hands are doing, you know, the, the caressing, the like comforting, like, you know, feeling someone again. It's like putting, you know, kind of massaging, you know, your partner's back and being like, yeah, this is this I'm feeling like a physical touch. Like I can actually touch you again mm-hmm. because i i'm alive and this is this is crazy to be alive again and so to physically feel someone again it's like oh this, yeah you know there's so much more than just the kiss and you know how like we've probably all heard that Zack snyder is often praised for his action sequences because they'll you know the audience will say you can really feel his impact and i know nathan's big on like the weight of the characters as they're fighting and they're thrown around like they have to have weight to it 
And Zack Snyder, I think, is one of the best ones about having the punches have impact and that it, you know, it has that weight to it. But then there's the touch and the physicality of this kind of scene, uh, which I think he also achieves. He also achieves like the caress and the the you know care and the the love that's you know between these without much dialogue. It's all again like physically, uh, and I think that's good. And I I think it was nice what Nathan said earlier that like these movies they have to have this kind of Superman moment and it has to be done at a high quality, which it is. And then you also have to have him coming after Steppenwolf and throwing that down there. Like, but both of them are important to have these Superman movies that we love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's not much dialogue in this minute. Um, I, I believe the only lines are, is it really you? And then of course, Clark Kent says it, it's really, and then it cuts off there, but I believe those are our only words here. So the next um, minute is going to start Meemaw. <laughs> Meemaw. <laughs> Meemaw. Um, I have just a couple, one thing to point out, and then a couple questions, I guess. Maybe it's just one question or something. Um, but something that I wanted to point out was, um, what is this, like, film reel uh, that Martha has, like, uh, like, just flung up, or gear, or something, whatever this thing is on her dash, the, that where dash meets windshield, you know, you could put things. Looks, Yeah, it does look like there. an old reel-to-reel kind of single Doesn't reel it? thing. That looks really cool. Huh. It, what's that, what's that uh, toy that kids have where it's like you put the little film cell uh, circle and then you Oh, can, in the bin- and the you little... flip the thing so it's, you put the goggles on? And... Yeah, the little real binoculars. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Those those were circled like that, weren't what they? Are those things yeah. called Viewmaster. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Sh- sure. Fisher Price something. Fisher Price Viewmaster. That's what she she's got. One of those little <laughs> discs right there. You know. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, who knows what that thing is? Actually, I'm kind of looking at it. Um. Now, the question that I have is, and it's probably. A stupid question, and I shouldn't even be asking it, but so Martha uh, lost the house, right? Had to do, uh, you know, chapter 11 or something like that. Bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so is this cornfield not, I don't know how agriculture works. If that house is on that property, do you think Martha still owns that land for the cornfield or is it like, the other farmers like own all the way up there and maybe that's not the Kent's cornfield and or uh <laughs> if if it is the Kent's cornfield and they are working with whatever farmer agricultural thing that they're doing for harvesting how why would she not I don't know how money works but why wouldn't she be able to afford the house at least if it's like still you know uh, uh marketable land I don't know what there's a, the ins and outs of this is but so her her house would be appraised uh, not just the house, but the value of the cornfield itself. How much? If value? If the cornfield is Kent's property, it is Kent Farms. It is yeah. okay. Yeah, and so she has, she has to appraise it at some point and say this is the financial value that this cornfield potentially has if harvested. You know, but you have to make it to harvest, and you. And so she. I mean, at the time, it's like, do you declare bankruptcy? You know, because you know that you won't be able to yield your crops in time to and it's and it's a one-time thing per year like you're gonna harvest crops make money off of it and then what like is that enough to satisfy your debt come next year probably not um but still 
um yeah she she would have to with all that like say to um you know debt collectors or whatever like this is my house plus this cornfield which is x yeah. amount of money Li- liquidation and all yeah. that stuff and I, get, the, I understand and would, it to an extent and then they would take it all so she can't i, I mean it's like and and what's sad is like you know these debt collectors and people who would like repossess your house they say oh this cornfield is valued at this amount of money but then they won't do anything with it so all that corn will probably just go to waste now see that's where i'm stuck on like if if it makes it even more sad if martha had to uh file bankruptcy as like this corn is growing so healthy right now it, right now, it seems to be healthy corn. You know, give it a couple more months, I guess. Maybe this is like springtime because it's yeah, an Easter movie. I'm trying movie. to think. What? Uh, okay, yeah. So it, the last movie ended around November. It was fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so then we went through winter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which was Suicide Squad. S- scenes in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so it is spring. It just makes it even worse that Martha had to file for bankruptcy knowing full well that her crops are, like, starting to, like, boom, but, like, I can't make it. Sorry, mm-hmm, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's – That can't, sucks. She can't harvest them now either because they're not hers anymore. She sold them. In the Oh, man. It just gets worse, doesn't it? In the previous minutes, because they haven't been published yet, but um, did you guys talk about how they're in the house? Like, because it even seemed like Lois grabbed a shirt or something from the house. Yeah, there was still things in the house. We talked a little bit okay. about it. Because, um, like, we, you know, we saw Martha pull away with, like, a U-Haul, but I guess it was, like, she hasn't completely moved out or maybe nobody else has moved in yet or something. I don't know. Or it could be a throwback to Man of Steel that, like, Clark will just grab a shirt when he needs one, you know, from somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's shirt it is. That's, how he, that's yeah. how he started pretty early in Man of Steel, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. also wasn't sure how they still possess the house when she pretty clearly, like, drove away from it i mean i guess driving away doesn't technically mean you have no like you gave up the keys i guess yeah mm-hmm. um yeah but in terms of the land so like i also kind of connect to this because my my father's side of the family is corn farmers in nebraska so this all really? yeah this all looks like very familiar like that almost looks like my cousin's house who still farm there um and so it's believable, like this whole. Oh, this looks Kent Farms. Yeah, yeah, it looks very authentic to Kansas. I know it's not filmed in Kansas, awesome. but it's like it looks very good. Um, and they've gotten the seasons right, even in the in Batman v Superman, it was like spot on. Um, and this is this looks good too. It is surprising, like that cornfield. You know, I can't tell exactly how many acres that is, but it looks like at least forty acres that are probably attached to the house. Corn yielding um, sort of crops that will be like ten thousand or eleven thousand dollars per acre. So if you've got at least 40 acres of that, you're talking like almost half a million dollars of of value in that land. Yeah. Bankruptcy. So it's like, well, well, that's what the like value of the land is. Now, they probably had to remortgage it or had to like take out loans against it because otherwise they should have been in the clear like by now. So I think they've definitely I hope, had. I hope to... this is entertaining to listeners because I'm entertained. Like <laughs> I'm I find it like 100 invested well, I, into what, this. Like I want to see the yeah. I want to see the bookkeeping side. <laughs> One of thing, Man of Steel through Justice. Well, people will also people who aren't like from the farmland, especially like very fertile soil, they will not realize that that land next to the house is way more valuable than the house. Like they'll think, oh, there's a house, you know, I, and they'll think of houses as like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars or something, and be like, dude that cornfield next to it is worth 400,000 easily. 
Um, so, and then in terms of like getting it, if she lost the land, which I agree with Mark, like they probably were together. It was probably a, a single property where it's like, okay, the house, is, yeah. you can parse them out, but I'm guessing if she was in that much trouble, she probably like lost the whole thing. Um, but you will be able to find a farmer right down the road that would take off that corn for you. Like, so the bank could just say like, Hey, we're going to lease with this farmer. The, that person's going to take the corn off. So you're not going to lose the crop, like the the bank right. or whoever will find somebody that will be happy to take it off. Cause yeah. people in these areas that are very fertile, they want as much land as they can get. So there'll always be people that yeah. be like, Oh, I'll take that off for you. Like, let's make a deal. Um, so I would, that's what I was assuming. I was like, okay, if this isn't like Kent's corn, coin that put that on a t-shirt on our next shirt okay okay if this isn't against corn then it's got to be like you know uh the langs yeah who's yes, the other yes. who, who else is the other neighbor yeah so the the langs could i mean and they could even help uh if they want to but we have to remember that martha is a very stubborn woman is what she is <laughs> she's very prideful she's got a lot of pride mm-hmm. um and she wouldn't you know, go halvesies on the property. She wouldn't downsize the farm itself because it's her son and her father that she, uh, her husband and her son that she thinks about. Um, she will not yeah. uh, uh, do that. And you never know too, like they might've been kind of um, private. Like they might not have let in too many close friends into their family business and, and confidence because they have a very huge secret about like their son, you know? So they might, mm-hmm. you know, they seem somewhat friendly in, in like Man of Steel, but like, I think you could also make a plausible case that like they kept all their business very private from neighbors um, because mm-hmm. it's just dangerous to let people in, you know, into your, when you got this big of a secret that you're holding on to. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're a fan of, of Superman, then you've got to be interested in the Kent farm itself. So this is, <laughs> this is our deep diving into the character that is the Kent farm itself. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, uh, speaking of the Langs, that, that was something else I wanted to, to bring up when, Martha Kent steps out of the truck and has that moment of hesitation, like seeing her son again and and in that disbelief. um, It brings up that quote that was in Man of Steel that uh, the Lang, uh, Lana Lang's mother said, where it's like, this was an act of God when he saves the children in the school bus um, that we come kind of full circle again. We're back at Kent Farms and just in the last minutes of, of last week, we saw the the swing set that was also shown in Man of Steel as well, still there at the Kent farm. Um, but then, yes, this moment here, it, it's going through her head as well. It's like, this is an act of God, that he's back again, that he's alive. And it's like, it just seems to have this poetry to it where she she's seeing this again. So well, it's, it's quite beautiful. Yeah, or another way to say a kind of similar idea is that she has seen that her son was responsible for saving other people's children and bringing them back from like near death or, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. now she gets to actually have that feeling of my son has gotten brought back from near death or death, you know? So yeah, yeah. that is a nice kind of full circle moment. I hadn't made that connection before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a really good moment here. There is one, um, one other note I do want to say about the corn is that, uh, you know, it's, it's always in, in, in the minds of, of, of not only Zack Snyder, but Deborah Snyder, who um, talked about the wheat that they grew for Rebel Moon. And I believe I said this on the podcast before, but uh, in, in setting up some of the locations in Rebel Moon, they had to grow wheat fields and wheat crops. And so that was also taken into consideration. So we can kind of take that interview and apply it here and and and. With confidence, we could say they knew what season they were aiming for for this scene and for 
Kent Farms and for when the setting of this film that they knew how they wanted these cornfields to look at what stage of their growth were they going to be in? Um, you know, and, and, um, again, to, to kind of mimic comic book pages and panels, you know, what is the, what does the picture look like when Martha Kent reunites with Clark Kent? Like what did, what do the crops look like? At what stage of their life are they in? And then they have to think accordingly, like, okay, we got to make sure that these real corn stalks are like at this age for the filming um, because they do take that in consideration when they were filming Rebel Moon. So I think it's like, oh, these, you know, it, it's just perfect timing, perfect consideration. Like think um, eight to 12 weeks out, like at what, you know, we have to schedule for this, for when these crops are going to be at this age. So just perfect planning. I think from um, really it's Deborah Snyder who said it in the interview. So I'll give her the credit for it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.